Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You are listening to Holding Down the Fort with Alejandro Soto, me, your host. So gracious I am to uh, invite you into this beautiful abode decorated with lapis lazuli and precious gold and silver from far off lands. It's really a treat that you got here today. Uh, Yeah, you're lucky. You're really, really lucky, I must say, to be where you, where, where, where are you? Where, how did you get here? How did I get here? I don't know, man. But what I do know is that I got a really good guest for you on the show today. Mr. Orion Valencia, my good friend. We met a couple years ago out at the night markets and have become pretty good buddies over the last few years. He is going to be opening for me at Easy Steppin' next Saturday. That's an art show, big old dance party that the e-dance team has been working on for the last several months. And it's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. We got to do some work on our sets on Saturday, and it sounded really good, guys. I'm pretty stoked. So I hope you can make it out to the garden. That's this coming Saturday, September 9th, 2023, the year of our Lord. Uh, doors open at 7. Uh, Julia's going to be doing an art artist talk at 7.30, and then music will start at 8. Come hang out. Weekend after that, Saturday, September 16th, I'm playing the Bar Street Farmer's Market in the morning. It's always a fun time. Come hang out, get your local produce, buy a new hat. I got a new hat a few weeks ago, and I've been rocking it, so new hats are always good. Anything else? I think that's all I'm up to uh, in the next couple weeks, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome conversation I had with Orion. That's going to be good. Yeah. Okay, cool. To this day, <laughs> I still mix up Foo Fighters and Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know, that's funny. I, it's not just me, right? No, I, well, so okay. this is interesting. My my sister and I have discussed this because I was, we, we saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers last August, like just over a year ago. Uh, my sister Julia and I saw the Chili Peppers at Soldier Field in Chicago. And so... I mean, they released two full albums last year. They were both incredible. And so I said to her one day, dude, the ultimate rock tour would be the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Foo Fighters. They're like both top tier rock bands. They're like kind of from the same era. Like, but they they also like kind of stay in their own lane. Like they're doing, they're both 
I mean, I think they're both very original, and I can understand how someone would, like, see them as being very similar, but not a lot of people actually do. She was, like, flabbergasted by that thought of a Foo Fighters Chili Peppers tour, and was like, that. we, we honestly think it would be too much for people, that, like, the that much rock and roll would, like, <laughs> condense down into a black hole and destroy our world. <laughs> But yeah, that's that. My my dad is a huge Foo Fighters fan, and he gave that to me before he moved to Mexico. They're not even that like similar. Like I, I feel like they're pretty different, and I don't know why. But to this day, I mix up their name and only their names. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. or like like I guess like you know, so I know, I know Dave Grohl, you know, drummer of Nirvana, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I can hear his voice and their songs in my head but then like for some reason i always say foo fighters or when i hear a foo fighters song i'll say red hot chili peppers um and the chili peppers have flea you uh-huh, know and uh-huh. like it i feel like are like super groovy compared to the uh the foo fighters mm-hmm. and so i don't know why i do that mm-hmm. i don't know why i do that i think it's cool they're both great bands i think it's so would strange. Be... there's gotta be like some i can't be the only one there's if there's some sort of phenomenon about it, and they so they totally should tour together because that Dude. would be incredible. And people who have the same uh-huh. disorder as me, <laughs> they're gonna totally freak out. Fucked. Like it's the same band playing twice in a row. <laughs> hey, we just saw them play. <laughs> what is this? A Grateful Dead concert? <laughs> so, uh, well, Orion, welcome to the show. What's Welcome up? to hold him down the fort. So, um, yeah. So, where where shall we start? You're, I, I guess what brings us together today is we're getting ready for Easy Step In next week at the Garden. You're doing the opening set for the show, which I'm super stoked about. Um, and, yeah, so people, September 9th at the Garden, we're going to be doing a show uh, this is coming out on Tuesday, this episode, Will, so people got like four days uh, after this comes out to to go, come to the show. We just gotta so, promote like crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm <laughs> glad this worked out. Um, I, yeah, I had texted someone else asking if I could interview her, and then like five seconds after I texted her, I was like, I should have asked Orion. No, per- this is like a perfect time. I want him on the show. And then she couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because, nice. like, I, yeah, I, I was like, this, it, it would be so perfect in the timing and stuff to have you on. And I, I have wanted to have you on the show for a while. So thank you, sir, right. for giving me some of your time and being on the show. I'm excited. Um, yeah, yeah. Good I, to have you. I'll, I'll say, if you don't mind, um, I was actually really nervous. Um, there's two reasons I was nervous about being on today. So the first one is I'm actually, I'm a transplant. I'm from Seattle. So the yeah. show is called Holding Down the Fort. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm not even from Fort Wayne. I, you know, I feel like an imposter, but um, <laughs> but I'm active. You know, I'm active in yeah. the community. So um, I can't let the imposter syndrome get to me. A lot of people have mm-hmm. that. And I don't normally, but I guess there are some times where I do have that. And, um, you know, I was like, I, I, I've listened to the show a couple times, and I was like, I want to be on Alejandro's show. Um, and then um, 
And then, well, I guess here I am now. But I was always like, oh, I'm not. He's not gonna want me on the show because I'm an imposter. I'm from <laughs> I'm from Seattle. I'm not holding down the fort. But no, I'm I'm doing it. I'm out here. I'm I'm performing at open mics. That's where I met Dina. Yeah. Was at an open mic, and I go to the events, and I I share stuff, and I I try to get people to go out and do things, and I'm I'm a part of the community. So. Yeah, yeah. You're you're in the Fort Wayne vibe. That's for Sweet. sure. Um, and I, I, I wasn't born here. I am technically a, a long-term transplant. I've been here for over 20 years now, which is kind of crazy to say. Um, but yeah, I was born in Iowa, in central Iowa. Wow. I, I like to say it's the only place with more corn than Indiana. Yes. Maybe Kansas has more. I don't know. If, no. I don't know what they're growing, but there's Iowa. so much corn in Iowa. I lived in Iowa, too. Oh, did you? No way. For five months when I was... Um, uh, 15 years old, I lived in Maquoketa, Iowa, which okay. is between, I, I believe it's between Dubuque and Davenport. Okay. Um, okay. So like how Iowa on the right hand side has that little like nipple that sticks out. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. lived in like the nipple. Okay. The, middle, the middle of the yeah. nipple. <laughs> it's like right, it's right there, right next to uh, the next state, next uh-huh. to the I think it's side. Illinois. Illinois. Is this. It is like Illinois. Right on the Iowa-Illinois yeah. border. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I was smack dab in the middle of the state. Um, There's so much corn. So much. And the the towns are so small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm from Washington, you know, Seattle area, yeah. Tacoma, Olympia. I've lived, you know, close to Portland and stuff. And it's just, I've never seen towns that small and that separated from each other by mm. so much corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like... It's it's interesting at like this time of year when the corn gets taller than a human is, <laughs> and like because growing up, my family on my mom's side is in central Illinois, and my great grandparents lived in a tiny country town, and so like the whole town, I mean, you could see the cornfield on the other side of the town from the like opposite side cornfield like pretty much and so like we would drive around in the summer and it felt like you were like in a corn maze of roads it was like very kind of trippy and kind of like like a little frightening a little like freaky like being having walls of green like infinite green on both sides it's like i mean it's totally not natural it's monoculture so it's like Uh, not a natural thing like humans have done that themselves but like yeah it's very it's 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 weird it it's and i think that's why children of the corn is so successful as a horror film because (laughs) it's so it's so unnatural and it's just barely tall enough it's just taller than human height you know yeah 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 um like Washington, it's green everywhere, and the trees are humongous. So the trees are like above you, and they're huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like the corn is just right above your head, you know, yeah, and you can't see yeah. under it. Like like evergreen uh-huh. tree, you can see through them, under them, and stuff, yeah. you know. But like corn, it's just like it's it's just a wall, just tall enough so that you can't see over it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were <laughs> if you were two feet taller, you'd be yeah. Like, but then still you couldn't see what was on the bottom seven feet of your body. <laughs> yeah, so, such a weird... I, my family down in Mexico, the last time I was there, my aunt told me that Mexico imports corn from America. Like, like corn tortillas, you think of being like a Mexican thing, like maize. is like. What? But no, she said 
Mexico's importing corn from America. Well, we have so like, much like, yeah, corn. Yeah, so. Like, it makes sense. It from makes where sense. I come from, we're not, there's no way we're consuming all that corn. Right. And like, in, internationally, like, I've heard, like, yeah, we're the largest international, like, uh, exporter of corn. Like, we're sending tons of corn to, like, it. Asia and stuff. I don't like it's corn. It's so weird. I yeah. do like it sometimes. Uh, yeah, I mean, when it's done well and, like, like garden-grown sweet corn on the grill, like, done up in an elote... Yeah. So good. Like that stuff's legit, but like, yeah, like monoculture uh, corn just, from the it green. It scares diet. me. There's no nutrients uh, in most of it yeah. these days. And... and so much of it's for feed. Yeah. Like it just goes into the CAFOs and feeds that terrible like farming system, which like it's it, it's like I, I think about this a lot, like the food production system. Oh yeah. And like how but then also I, I've heard like, there are ways of doing it right. Like, there's enough land to support and sustain everybody. Like, the rhetoric that the population boom is going to starve out the planet is, like, just a fear oh, yeah. message. Like, it's not actually the truth. Like, if we managed our use of natural resources, like, there could, there is enough to provide an abundant life for every human on the planet. We're just not, like doing it well no not at all so when i i actually studied food systems when i was in college so it was my oh, first cool. quarter or my first couple quarters of college was studying food systems and agri uh not not really deep into agriculture but some of the laws and stuff like that and um i don't know if it's still the same but i believe corn was the number one government subsidized crop in the mm -hmm. united states which means our taxpayer dollars are funding the corn being grown and for the reason the corn is so cheap which makes high fructose corn syrup it helps make ethanol for gasoline it helps um with um um feed for you know animals um for uh for the the, the meat production in the united states and um, it's all pretty terrible and, uh, <laughs> yeah. because they don't, they don't grow for nutrients and it's all mono, mono cropping and, and stuff like that. And, um, I wanted to, I wanted to bring a point, um, kind of bringing it back here to the Fort Wayne area. Um, I see, so I see, um, okay. I gotta say this. I'm from Olympia, Washington, or I live, that's where I mm -hmm. live. I lived in Olympia, Washington, and then I moved here. It's like the opposite cultures yeah because in olympia we're studying solar panels we're trying to put solar everywhere um and i you know regardless of your beliefs but you know and everybody's having abortions and then i come <laughs> here everybody hates abortions everybody yeah. hates solar panels i did not know i did not know that people disliked solar panels like i didn't know yeah, i'm yeah, driving around for work and especially the rural areas mm -hmm. and i see stop solar stop solar farming and you didn't know about this no. okay so there are signs all over the place and it'll say stop solar stop solar in decalb county blah blah, blah. and no i was way. like what why do people like i literally the exact opposite of olympia yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we, we were like trying to put solar everywhere i move out here they're like stop putting solar panels <laughs> up and i'm like why craziest thing happens to me i pull up for an install for my, um, I, 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 I do internet. I install broadband internet. Mm -hmm. And I pull up to an install. 
and I see the stop solar signs. This is yesterday. Oh, jeez. Not no even joking. So, so this is, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. And I'm training the new guy. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. said something to him about it. He's like, don't say anything about that. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. Is you, he like a could, local guy? You could leave. <laughs> no, he's from <laughs> okay. Ohio, but like oh, he's like okay. has like social anxiety, and he's like, oh, okay. I don't want you to get into a fight about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even get into a fight about it. I just want to know. Yeah, yeah. Because I like is there like has there been a bad experience or something? Like I, I'm sure you like <laughs> want to have an open mind. Like I, I, you don't want to write this person off as just being a dick. Exactly, and that's or, what like, I, spiteful or like closed-minded or whatever. Exactly. When I saw the signs, but my first thought is like, <laughs> tell your story. Yeah, my my first thought is these guys are crazy out here. Like, what what what's wrong with solar planet? You know, and then I'm like, well, there's probably a reason. And so the, I'm pulling up, and I'm like, this is perfect. And um, one of the first things she says was, we're not against solar panels, we're against solar on prime farmland. Mm-hmm. Now, I pull back a memory of about a couple months ago when I'm driving around for my job. And I'm in DeKalb County, and I see a sign, a billboard, that says "Stop Solar," or no, 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 sorry, sorry. It says, um, it's the Stop Solar campaign or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, and it says something about like protect our legacy. And in the in the background is this the background of the billboard is this beautiful picture of a cornfield. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's your legacy? <laughs> like, that's your legacy? Um. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and, and, and so this, yeah, this is, and this is a really interesting conversation because my, my mom is going to Farm Aid, a concert that's like to support the farmers like next, like in a couple weeks. Um, and if the, it was a thing that was done back in the 80s, like John Mellencamp. Do you know John Mellencamp? He wrote that song, Pink Houses, like, the pink houses for you and me, for you and me. That sounds really familiar. It's like it played a huge radio hit and stuff, like John Cougar Mellencamp. And there was a point where he dropped the cougar and became just John Mellencamp. And he, he's from Indiana. He's an Indiana guy. And my mom told him he wrote a whole album that was about the struggle of farmers back in like the seventies and eighties. Cause mm-hmm. like it was real tough. They were like going poor. There was like bad crop seasons and like, like, you know, the dudes who like were feeding America, growing the food for the country were on hard times. And then they got subsidized and all the, and now we're at where we're at. Monsanto mm-hmm. came around and started yep. and has started buying up all the land, but there's another farm aid happening. And so like, it's this, but so there, there's this interesting thing where like people who are farmers and who are like generational farmers have their identity attached to their land mm-hmm. and like to growing corn to feed the country, even if that means they're actually feeding hogs and cows to make burgers at McDonald's. Like, yeah. like they, there's... And there's something important and really valuable in that they have this thing in them that feels like good about doing this work. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that they are coming from an ultimately bad place. It's just like 
yeah, your identity is attached to something that actually is like not doing us too much good. It's like like we figured out it's like not the best way of doing things and like like and like thinking of like victory gardens. Like are you familiar with the concept of victory gardens? Was this in like the um the seventies or well, it was six, after World War Two. Like everybody 50s? I think so, like yeah, fifties, sixties, seventies and stuff. Because yeah. it was after the war when all the soldiers came home and bought houses with their wives that they married before they got drafted. Right, yeah. And then when the victory happened and everybody got to come home, everybody planted a garden. And like in the fifties, something like I can't remember the exact statistic, so I'm going to lowball it. It was like 30 to 50% of people's food, and maybe it was only 20, but like a good portion of people's food came from their victory gardens in their backyards. And for a long time, that was farming. And so like now industrial farming is what we have. And so people still have that family identity from when farming was growing a whole bunch of different crops so you could do a farm stand in the little farm town mm-hmm. of 800 people in Iowa where <laughs> you where you lived and where my great grandparents grew up uh-huh. like my great grandparents lived that my mom told me about when she was a kid in that little farm town she had a tomato stand and would sell tomatoes to like the workers at the water plant or like the electrical plant on their way home so there's like that vestige of that and so like now to bring it back around to they don't want solar to go over top of their legacy of a monoculture of corn it's like so and so it's like we're all i think that's just indicative of all the crazy shit that's going on in our culture right now yeah that it's all so complicated And, like, there's so many layers to any single uh-huh. issue that we're coming up against. And so I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> but, like, I feel like at least talking about it and working and, like, talking to this person right. who has their sign against solar and being, like, being willing to open a conversation and not be afraid of, like, oh, what if we get in a fight? Like, I, I think you did a good thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I learned. So I, so I learned and I hadn't even I haven't brought this up yet. Um, but but from their perspective, you know, so so not just the legacy thing, but there's like there's like litigation and stuff that we don't actually think about. Coming from the West Coast, I'm thinking solar panels are great. Yeah. Make fields of them. But the thing is, is you have either like these big companies or um, the state buying out or even people overseas different countries i think she mentioned like france or something buying large parts of these properties to put solar in or trying to work with farmers you know you're going to get 900 dollars an acre per uh, per acre of um land that we get to put our solar on but these contracts are like 30 years long and then what it basically does is say like you know, technically it's their land, you know, so they're renting out their land, but the contracts are written in such a way that like essentially doesn't allow that land to go back to the farmers, uh, even if they wanted to, even after the contract ends. Oh, and shit. even if like the family die, like the, um, the, the homeowners die and it goes to the family, then the, then the land goes to the state or it goes to, um, uh, um, you know, whoever owns 
or whoever's renting the lease or whatever. So like, it's it really pushes the um the homeowners or the landowners to like it's basically not their land anymore. And then if anything happens, it's essentially owned by somebody else. And what the woman told me, I don't know, I don't know how much of this is true. Uh-huh. Please research, do your own diligence, yeah. do your own research. This is what I, I was being told. She also was mentioning that. The electricity isn't being harvested for our area. It's being sent out to New York and New Jersey. Oh. So. I, I, I can I, believe that. And, yeah. and again, I would want to research myself before I form a full in opinion about this. Uh-huh. But, you know, when I hear that perspective, it is like, oh, wow. Okay. I understand it now. Uh-huh. I get it. Uh-huh. You know, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's still kind of fun for me to joke about of like, yeah. dude, it's like the opposite of Olympia. But there's reasons for it. Yeah. And I feel like. You know, the, these these farmer folks who are out here who have, you know, that have their legacy. I feel like they've they've had, you know, they've been forced upon a lifestyle. They've been forced a lifestyle of monocropping, which I feel like they don't even necessarily agree with or know or care about enough. And, you know, it would make more sense to me if there was, you know, like if it was like prime farmland where they're growing all sorts of fruits and vegetables that really mm-hmm. supply the local areas. Um, I wish that's what we could see. Um, you know, the permaculture, you know, diverse permaculture yeah. would be incredible. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, you know, the, so yeah, it is, con- every, you know, every, any topic you can dive into and <laughs> it's so yeah. convoluted with details. Yeah. That it's, just con- it's so complicated. Yeah. Cause nobody's yeah. right. Nobody's wrong. But, well, maybe, but, you know. <laughs> well, and, like, the, the the truth always seems to be in the middle. Like, yeah. and, and, and I, I, I saw, I watched a movie the day I got my wisdom tooth removed. And it was a really, it was a really good movie. But the last line of the film, the, the narrator said, well, compromises... I like dental appointments. You're damned if you make them. You're damned if you don't. And I just like had to chuckle because I just got a wisdom tooth taken out and I was like hopped <laughs> up on codeine, exhausted so on my couch watching a movie, trying to like just let the pain like time out. And so it's kind of like I mean that's the truth though, right? You you gotta make some, you gotta find a middle path and like there's there's no perfect way of working anything out like everyone's always gotta like kind of i don't know about bite the bullet but like if we can kind of there's there's a story i heard that ramdas told about when they were raising money for villages in south america and they only had they were only able to raise enough money in a year to help like a couple villages each year so they worked mm. out a plan where over the course of five years, they would help a couple villages each year. And after like this many years, each village would have gotten help. So they went to the villages, proposed the plan, and they go, no, that's not how we're going to do it. How much money you give us, we'll split that among everybody. And even if we don't get everything we need right away, we'll all get uplifted a little bit at the same rate. Because... When we're walking along the path, if Mm. someone has to walk a little slower, we all keep pace with that person. We only move as fast as the slowest person can walk. And so, like, the people that could go faster, they're like, no, we're going to 
take a little slower pace so that you know we can so that we're not rushing grandma or something and like i feel like maybe i'm being a an idealistic millennial now which isn't uh is against what we're what i was just saying but like if we can all kind of like slow down a little bit you know modern society is so fast paced and i don't like it all the time but if like there was a little bit less that i was grasping on to then if i could slow myself down a little bit then maybe i could help move a little like help move more of us along mm. like and I, I i don't know if i'm just rambling a little bit here um but yeah i don't know i don't know it's it's tough out here but i think like slowing down and trying to hear people out about their ideas and how dekalb county should be run like i think that that is valuable absolutely um so like I, I studied I studied so much in college. I studied mindfulness psychology and um, I spent a lot of years meditating and, and learning meditation and other practices, mindfulness practices. That's when I got into ecstatic dance and oh, cool. doing yoga and stuff. And it not only does it really just feel good to slow down, it, it feels good for the long term. It's good for your body. It's good for your mind, good for your soul, your spirit. Um, but it's also just so good for the people around you. And, you know, when you do step into, like, a mindset that I don't agree with this. When you see something you don't agree with, but instead of just, like, having a brick wall and be like, I don't agree with that. I have my opinion and that's that. But then you're like, I don't, I don't agree with that. But then you have that curiosity. You slow down. You have that curiosity of, like... I wonder why they feel like that. You think about the other person. And I've actually seen this trend on TikTok. I try to try to not be on TikTok as much as possible for a lot of different reasons. But um, I'm trying to do some content creation stuff using TikTok. Um, so I'm on TikTok and I'm, and I'm noticing this trend lately. And people are putting up like text in the background that says mm. something that's you know, controversial or that is going to be somewhat inflammatory because of the dichotomy of, of views, how things are so split, especially between red and blue, mm -hmm. conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, you know. And so they'll, they'll put up, you know, text like, uh, like Jesus is the only way, ask me questions, or like, I'm a, a trans woman, I am a woman, you know, uh, uh, re and this is the thing. They say, request to join my live if you want to either ask questions or if you want to debate me on that. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating because mm -hmm. there's so many things. Like the internet has fostered this like mentality in people that's like, I can just complain and just post nasty stuff all day. And the internet honestly can be an absolutely terrible place um, where people are just show their nastiest sides. And, um, but I find it fascinating that like people are taking that opportunity to like, cause people love to disagree with something, you know, on, especially on the internet. It's hard for people to, you know, when they agree with something, you don't react with it as much, but if you disagree, oh, you bet, you know, you bet somebody's going to comment. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to see that, like that kind of 
what I view as a negative thing, but then people are opening up to taking on debate. And some of the conversations, some of them is just people talking over each other, but sometimes I hear people discussing complex topics that, and they're on the opposite spectrums. You have a Republican and a Democrat just sitting in a chat room on TikTok and <laughs> you have 5,000 people listening to them and commenting, you know, all of, you know, whatever. But then it's like, they'll disagree, they'll disagree. But then sometimes they go, oh, I think we agree on that. And it's like, there's the magic right mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we need to do to solve some of these, these complex issues. And one of the biggest things I feel, one of my, I don't, I feel like I don't have very strong political views a lot of the time, but one of my strongest political views is the little guys, us, who aren't making millions of dollars every year, you know, who aren't making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, um, we got to have each other's backs. And there's no red or blue. There isn't. It's, it's a lie. It's the biggest lie ever sold. And um, I see the people on the red side complain about the same things that the people on the blue side complain mm -hmm. about. And we have this illusion that we're so separated from each other because this new station and this new station who are mo more than likely funded by the same people <laughs> yeah. um, say the opposing opinions. So you think that you hate the other people no matter what. And there's so much money in dividing the populace and it makes us so easily controlled. But when I see people come together, the people up top, we're we're not in their favor, you know, when we're coming together because we're solving our own issues. That means they're not needed. They're not needed sitting in their office because yeah. we came together as a community and we solved their own issues. So it reminds me of, um, if you've ever read, uh, 1984, which I see yeah. on your bookshelf <laughs> yeah. right there. This is one of the first things I yeah. saw. Um, yeah, George Orwell. I'm reading that. Ooh. I'm reading that right now to Gina, but one of the things nice. he says, um, is, um, and I think it's the book, uh, is it like Emmanuel Goldstein's book? It says something about um, the um, if there's ever going to I'm I'm gonna butcher this quote so mm -hmm. non verbatim <laughs> <laughs> if there's ever going to be a re revolution the power lies in the proles and the mm -hmm. proles mm -hmm. which are proletarians though in that book it's the people who are just the everyday people like us the working class mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and so if there's ever gonna be a revolution it lies the, in the hands of the proles. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. if, if we can, you know, educate ourselves um, together, you know, and get perspectives of each other's lives because education isn't just in a classroom and classrooms these days are very narrative driven. Mm -hmm. But talk to human beings, get off the internet, yeah. touch some grass and talk to each other, you know. That's like, mm -hmm. that's probably like my biggest uh, <laughs> political belief, you know. <laughs> So, anyway, I started playing guitar when I was 12 years old. <laughs> out, out in Olympia, Washington, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. I think, like, yeah, I... I yeah, like, I, I've had many experiences, like... And, and so, I one in particular, I work in the health food shop, cooking food for people... And there was this fellow who came in who was like, he got the nickname InfoWars guy. <laughs> and so, yeah, we'll start there. And he like, 
wanted something put on the grill and he like did it himself the first day and like you're not supposed to do that like customers aren't because health code and stuff and so people like some of my coworkers got like you know started like being irked when he would come in just because of his previous behavior and i like so I kind of took it on myself. I was like, I, you know, just to reduce my own trouble at work, I'm going to take care of this guy. I'll just, when I see him walk in the building, I'll go up to him. I'll say, hey, I can put your wrap on the grill. I'll do it myself. I'll take it to him so no one else has to deal with him. They won't complain. I won't have to hear him complain. And then my day is better. Yeah. Really, I did. I helped this guy out of selfish purposes, out of selfish <laughs> motivation, just because I didn't want my coworkers to bitch about him. Yeah, Makes yeah. my day better. And so then, over the course of time, I started, like, connecting with this guy, you know? If I was had a slower, chiller day, I would stand by the grill and chat with him while, it, while his rap was grilling and, you know, talk to him about work, about where he lived out in the country, about the weather, about his grandkids, about his children. And like, you know, one day I literally, one day I saw him standing over there and I, on his phone, I could see he was on his phone. And over his shoulder, I saw the InfoWars banner. (laughs) Motherfuckers on InfoWars. So I just go up to him and I go, hey man, how you doing? And you know what? He puts his phone away and has a conversation with me about the weather and the drive into town and what he's done over the week. He wasn't reading InfoWars, man. He was talking to me, a weird, hippy dippy 20-year-old kid who cooks organic food in the health food <laughs> shop. Like, oh, if that's, that's not the revolution, man, I don't know what is. And so that's it was funny. like this very interesting, it was a, a super eye-opener for me. Because I had, you know, I've got my prejudice against the bullshit out there, the hateful rhetoric that that riles me up. Yeah. But I had to get over that and like have some compassion for this other human and see him as that. Another human who just wanted a hot lunch. <laughs> who just wanted his cheese melted. <laughs> and I, you know what? I love melted cheese yeah. too, man. You can relate <laughs> on that. You can so relate on that. And like and and yeah, I mean, I now he comes in with his wife every week, brings in his grandkids, Aww. and like, and and it's like I, I I when he wasn't in last week, I wondered, oh, where's where's this fellow? I'm not gonna use his name for an- anonymity and whatnot, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really cool connection that I wouldn't have had. If I had been grumble, 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 InfoWars guy, I'm just going to get this shit done and get back to my work and not talk to him. No, I I had to, like, kind of check. I had to check myself. Check that ego. And ultimately, because I didn't want my coworkers to get complain. (laughs) But, like, there's this idea of, like, like selfish compassion. Or, like, like this idea Mm, that, like, there is a way where... Like, selfishness can be, like, a good thing. It's like, you know, looking out for your own skin, you know, if, if and to kind of connect to what you were saying about we got to have each other's backs. Like, if I got your back, you're a lot more likely to have my back when, like, I need a hand. Mm-hmm. Like, when my garden, when my tomatoes don't grow in my garden or my corn doesn't come up. Yeah. 
one year and yours does and I gave you a bunch of corn last like old barter stuff like that's like real shit like I don't know like in in Buddhism there's this idea and this is like real hardcore base level life human stuff but the idea is that the only things you have to do is eat sleep and move your bowels yeah. to survive and so like everything else is extra us recording a podcast and chatting about solar panels <laughs> totally unnecessary in the grand scheme of things but like if we can because i feel like because of this we're building up like a friendship and cultivating connection and so like hopefully if there's a day when like i need that need help getting that eaten need met like maybe i can hit you up and have my back and like for darn certain i've got your back on that i, I cook food in the health food shop so like you know i got your back right um but like yeah yeah i, I that's i like your political views man yeah so yeah. on on a um on I, I think another way that i see that kind of that selfishness the positive selfishness mm-hmm. um i've always thought about this and it's that i've always wanted well maybe not always i was kind of a uh i had a rough upbringing you know and i was a kind of a shitty teenager um <laughs> but very few aren't yeah right so but at some point you know i i realized like man i just really want i want to do good in the world i want i want to i want to help other people and i want to be a good person for other people and so i learned i I always tried really hard to be like hospitable you know so that other people just felt comfortable around me and that other people could walk into my house you don't need the key they could walk in i'm at work or i'm gone but you needed something from me. You needed some. You needed a couch to sleep on. You needed just to be in a space by yourself. You could walk into my house, and it's different these days. Um, there's a lot more complications. But back in the uh-huh. day, that's where my mindset was. I want to help people, and I want to do better. But then I realized at some point, and especially when you do start to help a lot of people, you know, then your Xbox games start going up missing. Your Xbox controllers are missing, and um, you know. Uh, obviously you got to protect yourself, but like you got to protect yourself sometimes from yourself. And, um, one of the, one of the things that like an empath often doesn't do enough is to take care of themselves. And so that the way that I see like selfish, like positive selfishness is that I could have this goal of like, I want to be a good person for other people. I want to help the world. I want to help other people, but if, and I, I, I think I must have read some sort of Buddhist text about Gautama Buddha at some point in my life that I realized um, you have to help yourself first. And that's why the Buddha would go off and meditate and go out into the caves and Jesus would do the same thing where he just, he just up and vanish, you know, once he, once he hit like a limit. Yeah. just disappear and had to go do mindfulness practices, you know, in a cave somewhere or just do whatever, <laughs> maybe soak in a jacuzzi, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I think, is it Ram? I think Ram, uh, I don't want to say it's Ram Das, but it might've been Ram Das has like a, had, had a jacuzzi in his place. and was uh-huh. like uh-huh. All, all about the spiritual stuff. But it's like, also I have a jacuzzi <laughs> because I need to take care of myself. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I got a stroke, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to do what I, what I need to do to take care of myself. 
um, because, and this is so real, you're not, you can't help somebody if you're not in a good place. You know, if you don't take mm-hmm. the time to, to stretch and to be happy and, you know, but, and you focus all of your attention on just helping other people to the point that you're miserable, you're never going to help anybody because you're miserable and they're going to soak off your miserable energy. Mm-hmm. I was actually afraid to do this podcast today. The, my other reason I was afraid to do the podcast today was because I had a, a, a child two months ago, two and a half, almost three months ago now. Yeah. And I am so drained. <laughs> I am so drained. I get so little sleep. And the emotional stuff right now in my household is so up and down and just on like just on a, a hair away from being like a bipolar environment, you know, of like just everything's hectic and then everything's all loving and then everything's hectic. And it's because we're both just so worn down. We live in a society where we honestly don't have that much help and we don't know who we can trust to help us, you know, um, because we're very protective over our child and um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's so hard because you know i'm not from out here and i know if i was back in washington i know exactly who who would be watching my kid and even though gina's from out here she doesn't have a whole lot of support out here and so um it is it's just like we're so we're both so utterly like beat down from taking care of the the cutest creature I've ever seen in my life, the cutest uh, human being, uh, I fucking love. Like literally this morning, I, I was getting ready. I was almost late for work because I decided I'm gonna lay in bed and just stare at him <laughs> because he cries most of the other time. He's actually he's getting better. He gets better and then and then, but he's on he's on the higher. So some babies don't cry. Some babies cry a lot. He cries a lot. Yeah. Um. I uh, hear some yeah. that cry more than he does. So I'm thankful that he doesn't cry all the time. But, um, we, you know, it's vocal, <laughs> but yeah, so I was afraid to even do this podcast when you, when you mentioned it to me, I thought about it for a couple hours before I replied to you. And I was like, I really want to be, cause I was excited. I was excited to finally, like, yes, yeah. I get to be on easy, uh, on, on, uh, um, holding down the fort and it's perfect for the timing for easy step in. So I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's all like aligning. And I'm like, but I am so emotionally low right now that I don't know if I want to share myself with the world. Mm-hmm. Because that's what this is. You know, I'm speaking and my voice gets picked up with these electrical signals, turned to digital, and then it gets shared and broadcast. And um, I was actually terrified because I'm, I don't like myself when I'm not happy, mm-hmm. when I'm not taken care of. And when I was in college, I feel like I was so taken care of by myself. Um, and by all the meditation that I would do and just all of the time in the forest, I was in the forest every day, um, pretty much every day. And no matter where I lived, it was, uh, you know, less than a five minute walk to be in the woods, in the forest. And so I don't have that. And I feel like ever since I graduated college, the workforce has just beat me down and beat me down and beat me down. So I feel myself and I, and I cry about this sometimes. I feel myself slowly becoming somebody I don't want to. And so I try so hard. That's why I quit the post office and I moved. And that's the reason that it actually brought me to move out here to work at Sweetwater. Um, Because like when something doesn't work out, I try to solve it because I have to take care of myself. So that mentality of like, I'm going to work all the time. Like, like probably our our generation, couple generations before us, maybe our grandparents, the, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do hard work and that's it. 
Um, that's a great mentality to have, but we live in such a different world that, you know, hard work doesn't necessarily mean that we're taking care of our family these days. Um, our hard work is paying the pockets of rich people right now. And I feel like what I need to do for my family is to be a happy person. And um, it's really, really complicated having to work, having, and especially with like the economy right now and everything going on and so much hate in the world between the red and the blue fighting each other and getting caught in the middle all the time. And um, it seems like, and there's so many tragedies going on. It's like, how do I step away? One, get off the internet. That <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't read the newspaper. Yeah. But how do I have more time not working, you know? And, um, if you, if you, if you hear people talk about me, they'll probably tell you that I do a million things. I'm a video editor, music producer. Mm -hmm. I created a product, my Tap It Connect yeah. product. Um, I'm the CEO of, you know, Tap It Connect and I'm working on a comic book right now too. I stayed up cool. late last night and the night before, you know, working on comic panels. I'm not the artist, but so many things, but man, I'm so, I was, that's why I was afraid to do this podcast because I'm so worn down because I feel like I have to. Find a way to not have to go to work again. So I'm, I'm working extra hard so that I don't have to continue doing the nine to five because that's never going to pay the bills enough, you know, mm -hmm. for me and my family to be happy. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to be happy going to like the nine to five installing broadband internet or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, thank you for pushing through that. I and for like being real, like something that has on this project, and I've I I've had to definitely push myself through those same sorts of places to like make, I mean, just make this happen. You know, getting mm -hmm. the it, and it's been very much a lesson in like what is valuable to me. Like just working on this podcast, because like. I mean, at this point, and I'm not complaining about this, but <laughs> I have not gotten a dollar for making a single episode. Yeah. I have sunk my own money into it. Like, I I, I kind of inadvertently bought three years of hosting just through, like, technological, like, weird ways with, like, you know, I bought my domain for three years as a deal and then i had to also buy hosting for three years oh because i, I bought it like it was like one of those weird things i like didn't realize that i had like looped myself into needing to drop like five hundred dollars <laughs> but i committed myself and i like n when i did that i was like you know i feel like this is something that's gonna be valuable <laughs> in a way that fills up my cup and like passes it forward like like the it, and it's it's kind of like that that like i don't I, I don't know what i'm exactly trying to say but like i guess like thank you for coming on here because every like every guest has brought honesty and openness and like i'm fucking grateful for that like it blows my mind that people are like having like willing to have open conversations about how shit gets rough out here yeah shit gets rough out it's here rough. Man. Hard, and, like, man. and so i it it breaks my heart when i can see people putting on face about it not being rough mm -hmm. and i'm like no just tell me you're having a shitty day yeah don't bullshit me 
Like, because I have shitty days, too, and when you bullshit me about, like, I can obviously see you're down and your shoulders are slumped, and you're like, yeah, I'm doing fine. And I'm like, how are you doing? I'm like, like, and I'm like, no, like, tell me, just be like, it's a rough day, and like, I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, let's move on. But like, and, and, and like, I want people to be open about that, and like, because when pe when people aren't real and honest like and i sense that it doesn't make me want to be open and honest mm -hmm. with them and like i don't like that yeah like i try to push through that but like it it's it's tough you know when and i do that too i build up walls yeah. with other people and i put on the fi the face of fine plenty of times but like i i i'm grateful when people are real cuz i just like desperately want that and i feel like so many people are aching in their heart for someone to just be honest about how they're having a shitty day Ugh. and and so thank you for coming on the and like i think so many people are gonna be like relieved to hear that we yeah. <laughs> like it was not a great we had to push through those thoughts of like, God damn, I would much rather cancel. And like, I wish I didn't have to do this, but man, like, we, you know, it's, it's all, I feel like, I don't know, man. It's, it's what we're, I, so thank you for doing something and for pushing through that to do something that I feel is important. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like it, 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 it blows my mind that like, high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll share with you um, a practice that I did for yeah, years. Yeah, um, so yeah. honesty has always been really important to me. Yeah. Um, and so there, to, to, there wasn't a lot of honesty in my hometown, in, mm. in the house that I grew up in, with the many houses that I grew up in, hotels and motels. Um, mm. So honesty was always so important to me because I hated what dishonesty brought about yeah all of the yeah. constant um corrosion of family and dissonance and so i was like why don't you just be honest so i i've, I've always tried to be very honest um and so for a while i i realized the subtle dishonesties mm. and that's the hi how how are you doing oh, I'm, I'm doing good how are you you know, and it's like, um, so I created this practice that um, was like, anytime anybody asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be actually honest. I might even check in with myself for a second and then answer accordingly, whether I'm going to open up or whether I'm just going to just make a short little statement about, I'm not good right now, you know? And so I did this for years. I don't do it as much these days mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is why we do it. So there's like a little bit of a psycho psychological analysis behind mm -hmm. it. But like I did it for a long time and there's beautiful things that happen because, um, hey, how's your day going? Not good. How are you? People stop because one, they're not used to hearing it. But they, people stop. They're, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. What's going on? Are you okay? People, people instantly want to help you. Because, mm. especially face-to-face, -face, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not doing good. Because they ask you how you're doing, you know, and then it's like, I'm not doing good. Oh, what's wrong? Can I help? People want to help. People want to help each other, especially when we're face-to-face. -face. Maybe not online, people don't want to help each other. People want to be right when they're online. But like face-to-face, -face, 
I made it that this 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 challenge to always be honest. And so I had so I've had so many simple conversations with people that I have met one time in my life of just me opening up a little bit. They learn about me. I express myself. I feel better. I don't know if they feel better afterwards. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe they're like, oh my God, that guy just unloaded on me. But they, but it's like, it's, it's interesting because they're the ones who ask. So, you know, and, and it's so natural the way that we interact. Um, I stopped doing it because I felt like it was actually taking from me to constantly have to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what's wrong with me today. This is what's wrong with me today. <laughs> Um, to strangers, you know, and you don't have to, you can always just say, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be fine, but I just, I'm not good right now. I'm not going to uh-huh. talk about it, but I'm just not good right now. Uh-huh. But it at least like, it, it brings some real, some honesty to the yeah. world and people get so yeah. worn out from putting on a mask all the time. Yeah. And so, um, if you've never done that, I highly recommend trying <laughs> it. Maybe not yeah. all the time. We can still put on masks. Uh-huh. Masks are cool, but like, I don't, I don't think we should do it all the time. And I think mm-hmm. that it's super, super groovy when somebody says, you know, something off the walls like I do. And it's just like, you know, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely terrible. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm not mad. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm yeah. absolutely terrible. <laughs> what do you want from me? You know, it's like, I'm doing terrible. How are you? Yeah. You know, like I'm still, I'm still a calm, gentle person, you uh-huh. know? But it's just like... And you're not, like, blaming them for your situation. You're just, like, being real. I'm doing terrible. A, a couple of weeks ago, I did that with, at the health food shop. Like, it was the... When Sinead O'Connor died. Oh, yeah. It, like, that one hit me. I, like... It, oh. Like, real hard, too. Because, like, she was, like, in her mid-50s. Like, I, I don't think it was, like... I don't know exactly how she died, but I don't think it was, like, a happy ending to the story, which, like... I, you know, I haven't heard anything, but I, like, kind of in the subtext got that. Yeah. Um, and so, it, like, was tearing me up, you know, broke my heart. Like, this person who, like, as, like, who always stood for being an authentic version of yourself and anyone who tries to get you to do anything different, fuck them. Yeah. Be yourself. Like, that was her thing. And so, like, I was like, damn, we lost that. And so I was, you know, at work playing Sinead O'Connor albums <laughs> in the kitchen when uh, when no one else really even noticed. But, like, <laughs> I, a, a regular came in and, like, got a sandwich, and I was making it for her, and, like, I kind of knew her, built up a rapport, and, like, so felt like I could be real when she asked me how I was doing. Took a second and was like, you know, I'm doing rough. Sinead O'Connor died. And she was like, oh, whoa, I didn't know that, really? And we, like, had a conversation, and I was, like, real about, like, how I was feeling shitty about the loss of this person who, like, this loss of an artist and that it was impacting me, and I was feeling these... I was honest about my emotional experience, and we got to connect on that and, like, talked about her music and, like, like, this person... Like was a, a maybe a couple decade a decade or two older than me and like remembered when, like you know oh that song came out, and like we we, like talked about the beauty that was, this other human's life, and I wouldn't have gotten to have that like real connection and now like she and I like even if we just do the hey how are you good good to see ya 
thing. We, we make eye contact and there's a different look in our eyes, mm. in her eyes when she looks at me now, because I know she digs Sinead. And like, I wouldn't have had that if I, and it was just, I, she might've been the only person that I was real with about that at that mm -hmm. day. Cause like, I didn't have the capacity to open up about how I was hurting and like mourning the death of this musician, my like fellow musician. Um, but when I was, when I felt like I could and had the courage to, it was so good. And it was so sweet, man, mm. to to talk about Sinead O'Connor while making a sandwich for this lady on her lunch break. Like, I don't know, that's that that was real human shit for me. Yeah. And like so it so much and to cast a diagnosis on what's wrong with our society, I think so much of it comes from like her closing off from those human moments because it would have been way easier mm. for me to be like hey i'm doing good i'll get your sandwich done in a few minutes i'll let you know when it's ready and like there's nothing wrong with that like and and, and i did that for several other people that day because i didn't have the capacity and had to like kind of watch my own like have some selfish compassion for myself and know when i don't have the energy to yeah make yeah. that and like that's okay like not everyone is able to meet me where i'm at and it's good for me to recognize that i found hmm. um but it's cool like when that can go down yeah you know you know and we've had those moments we have those pretty regularly and i'm, I'm super grateful for them like when you come into the shop and we can just like take a couple minutes and give you a hug and shoot the shit, even if it's nothing, <laughs> nothing special. Like, you know, there's that, that, that look in the eye, the, those memories that, that come up and don't need to be like shared. But like, you know, when, when I'm thinking about fun times we had for the next 15 minutes after you come in, like that's, Aww. that's really nice. <laughs> it, it brightens my day. Um, and, and I, I appreciate your willingness to like step out of your comfort zone and like make connections with people. I really respect it, dude. Yeah. Well, and you know, making connections isn't always easy stepping. <laughs> um, and, and I was going to share. Speaking of Tom from Indiana tea who we're drinking is, isn't this good? What do you think? What do you think? Honest okay. Opinion. So, okay. I was waiting for a good moment to, uh, yeah. to, to mention. I did not notice until halfway through that there was a spaceship on dude. the cover yeah. and a giant, <laughs> Turtle. <laughs> this is the most Oregon Washington tea. <laughs> so even crazier, he, he makes with... he's got three different flavors, and the labels are all unique works of art, in my opinion. And they're little Easter eggs from Indiana. So on the bottle it says, From the majestic mountains of French Lick to the valleys of Peru, across the plains of Lebanon, and even Santa Claus, Indiana. It's all Hoosier. And, like, those are places in Indiana. You know, there's, like, the French Lick and, like, Peru, Indiana. And it's, you know, there's, there's no mountains or valleys in Indiana. It's all plains. Well, and then there's Santa Claus, Indiana, which is a real place that's all about Santa. It's Christmastown, USA. When I, when I was, yeah, uh, it's funny. I used to live in Santa, or, oh, sorry, North Pole, Alaska is what it was called. Okay, not Santa Claus. Oh, what? There's a, North, there's a North Pole, Alaska. It's a town okay. called North Pole. Uh -huh. I was going to relate that. Uh, <laughs> but the turtle 
I don't. Turtle Town. Churubusco. Churubusco. I drive through Churubusco all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's Turtle Town, USA. Turtle Town, USA. I love driving through Busco. <laughs> Busco's and great, man. The turtle. I was like, is that because of Busco? Yeah. And, and, and yeah I don't know what the UFO is for, but yeah, I think that is so cool. But like, the, it? the UFO, giant turtles, this just yeah. reminds me of like Oregon. Yeah. Back home. And and, and Tom hooked, hooked us up with. Uh, with ver- two variety cases of his tea that we're going to have at the non-alcoholic bar at Easy Step In. I'm so stoked. Because, like, it's it's damn good tea, man. So good. These ingredients, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let me, let me read the ingredients. Purified water, cane sugar, tea blend, which is green tea, oolong tea, ceylon tea, matcha powder. Matcha powder in a, That's in it. a cold tea? That's that is it. amazing. One of, them, one of them, the ceylon, the ceylon, uh, the ingredients are that, purified water, ceylon tea. Or maybe it's the green tea. There's one of them that literally has two ingredients oh, on yeah. the jar. And I'm like, I just feel awesome reading that. I'm like, there's literally water and plants. And And, plants. and, and leaves. Like Uncle Iroh would approve yeah. <laughs> of this tea, the the Dragon of the West, Indiana tea would, would drink this tea if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good, uh-huh. and like he gave it, he gave. I went to pick up the two cases from him at the farmers market this morning, and I told him I needed two bottles for a podcast recording this morning. He gave them to me on the house. What? Thank you, like, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Tom. He's such a good guy. I appreciate like, he, that. He's got a good handshake. I met his wife at the market a couple weeks ago. She's super nice. Like, I, I encourage everyone to drink this local tea because, like, we got so much good stuff here in Fort Wayne, man. I, like, you know, I went out west for a couple, for three and a half weeks. I lived on a hippie commune in Oregon and I I came back because it like just didn't feel right in my heart Mm -hmm. and I have no regrets on that like it was beautiful the land was beautiful people were great like so kind I learned so much but like I felt like this is where I needed to be Mm. and like now now that was over five years ago it's wild to think about that but like Going through the pandemic and, like, being in the community and, like, making amazing connections and drinking amazing tea. We got the best donuts at Tom's Donuts. We got the best pizza at Big Apple Pizza. That's not the same Tom, is No. Oh, okay, different Toms. Okay. Tom making donuts and Tom making tea. (laughs) Two different Toms. They're both the best that can be. Can we get all the Toms together at the same time for a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if I can invite Tom Henry. Tom Henry in there too. All, <laughs> all. Oh, oh, it would be so funny to interview Tom Henry. Like he's gotten, is he's just such a weird character in our town. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so I have, I have one more story. Yeah, and um, then we should probably move on with our day because uh, we got we got more to do. Exactly. Yeah. So so. Uh, yeah. Uh, one last story that I wanted to mention, and I think kind of actually ties everything that we've been talking to together. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to share this, but um, I think one theme about what we've talked about is you know, we've talked about slowing down. Um, and I think one of the last things I said was something wasn't easy stepping. Um, making connections isn't always easy stepping, yeah, especially yeah. If, you have, if you have anxiety <laughs> and stuff, which a lot of us do. Um, and so, like, sometimes you have to go... And if, if it feels right, sometimes your heart's yelling at you and your 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 in your brain 
is telling you take the easy path because you don't want to make yourself look dumb or something. Um, that's where like what I mean is like it's not easy stepping. It's not easy sometimes to step outside of your box to make yourself uncomfortable to do something uncomfortable to make a connection. But I feel like it's almost always worth it. And this is the story that I have to share is that I probably wouldn't be here right now doing this podcast if I didn't make the decision. Um, in the health food shop, I was uh, um, trying to save a little bit of money. I used to buy the Mighty Muffins from the health food shop all the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, I decided to make my own recipe. Or at least to attempt it. So I'm studying the ingredients on the Mighty Muffins. <laughs> and um, you came up to me, and I don't remember what you said to me. It might have been like the temperature or something like that. You, you gave me one small piece of advice about the, the Mighty Muffins on how to make them good. you know. And so I thought that was amazing. You know, you're, you're the one who makes them or whatever. Um, and then you're, you just give me that little tiny advice. So I finally make them, and um, I brought them in. And it was Gina that reminded me, you need to bring them to Alejandro. He gave you advice about him. You should you should see if he likes them. I brought them in. I don't think that the first time I made them, they weren't good. And the second yeah. time, I don't remember if it was the first or second time that I made them. But I, I, I because Gina reminded me, I brought them to you, um, which for me was even stepping out of my comfort zone. I felt weird. I didn't know if we were like good friends <laughs> yet. I really liked you as a person um, from the from the moments that we shared. But then I was like, you know, sh- I... I don't know if I'm like allowed, like socially allowed to share my food with this stranger, <laughs> but I was like, screw it. You know, he gave me advice. So, so I gave you the muffins. Um, but the, even the even bigger, uncomfortable, totally uncomfortable step for me. And I'm a totally like outgoing, like, um, yeah. extrovert, you know? And I don't know, maybe it's just all the stress and stuff from the workforce pushing down on me, um, over the last several years, but I was so nervous because I, in my mind, I wanted to ask you what you thought of my muffins. This this sounds ridiculous, but it's true. It's yeah. so funny how like how, I guess such a privileged world we live in, where like my biggest, you know, struggle is like asking somebody what they think of the muffins I made. Um, but there was one day I walked in the health food shop and I saw you standing over, I think, by the water bottles, and I was like, my, in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna ask. <laughs> what he thought of my muffins <laughs> and and i walked over there and as i walked over you turn the opposite direction so then i'm just like standing there and i'm behind <laughs> you and you don't even know i'm there and then i'm like i feel ridiculous i feel dumb <laughs> i feel stupid i just want to walk away and i think i might have even walked back away a little oh. bit rethought about it and i was like no i need to do it i need to ask about the muffins and um, because I asked about the muffins, so, so eventually, yeah, I did, I did catch your attention somehow. You might have been talking to somebody else, but I caught your attention, asked you how the muffins are. And then um, from there, there was even a moment where we could have just turned away. Oh, yeah, the muffins were great. Haha, <laughs> cool. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. And it felt like that. But then there was a moment where one of us was like, well, how is music going? Because we both know that about each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. And then... And then you, and that's when you shared the, 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 the ecstatic dance with me. I did not know there was ecstatic dance in Fort Wayne. And the next one was my birthday. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And that changed everything for me. That, yeah. And, and just learning that there was ecstatic dance, um, just being able to help out as much as it hasn't been a whole lot. It feels like for me, but the amount that I have been able to help out has felt magical. 
to just be able to step into a community, even for a little bit, even if I feel like an imposter from Seattle, it feels so good to finally feel at least some sort of community to connect with people, to talk to people in real life, to stretch, do yoga, to do dance and music. And music is so important and community is so important. And so I am so much of a better person now because I asked you how my muffins were. <laughs> so it's not always easy stepping, but hey, yeah, this yeah. Saturday, yeah, it is going to be easy stepping. Yeah, and we're going to be yeah, having man. fun, making connections and playing music. And I just oh, want to say yeah. thank you. Thank you for everything. Um, and thank you for having me here today. It feels, this has felt totally awesome and totally yeah. natural. I'm super glad I stepped mm -hmm. out of my discomfort to be here because this felt, I feel good. I feel Heck right. Yeah. Heck yeah. They were good muffins. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, how I were remember. they? I remember. I, I brought them. I brought them home, and I think I like. You know, I get crap, crap from the health food shop. Things that we make in the health food shop yeah. all the time. So it like took me a couple of days to get to them, but I was like, I have to eat Orion's muffins, and I did. And I was like, that's that's a good muffin. I'm eating the other one. Yeah, I ate I'm eating the other one. He ate both of them. That is on record. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, Orion, thanks for coming on the show. This has been good fun. We got to do it again sometime. Thanks, Orion, for being on the show. I enjoyed talking about corn and uh, solar panels with you. <laughs> we definitely got to do it again sometime. This was this was one of my favorite episodes for sure. Uh, it's real, real cool guy. I see eye to eye with this fellow, so I'm happy that he made some time for me and. Uh, Come see both of us play at Easy Steppin' on Saturday at the Garden. And uh, catch me at the Farmer's Market singing and playing guitar next Saturday, September 16th. That's it. That's a wrap. All right, guys, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. It's uh, 10.15 p.m. Monday, September 4th. I'm going to get this uploaded here soon, so... Thank you for listening, for giving me your time and attention. I think those are two of the most valuable things that we all have in this world. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bezos got a lot of that USD, but he's got just as many hours in the day as you and me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop there. Take care of yourselves, everybody. I'll see you next time.